then also 2 Kings chapter 6. 2 Kings chapter 6, if you're new to grace, we're going to put these scriptures on the screen. Maybe you have a phone or a tablet. So John chapter 16, 2 Kings chapter 6. If you have trouble finding 2 Kings, it's right after 1 Kings. So if that helps at all, that should, should narrow it down, all right? We're going to continue a series we started a couple weeks ago called The Holy Spirit, Why He Matters to You Today. And He does. The Holy Spirit matters. And we began this series by defining who the Holy Spirit is and just the fact that, that He is a person. I said this, the very first thing, this truth that you need to know is, number one, the Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is not a force. The Holy Spirit is not wind. The Holy Spirit is not the anointing, okay? The Holy Spirit is, is not a, a dove with fire coming out of its tail. The Holy Spirit is a person. And if you don't know that, you will never develop a personal relationship with him. If you think it's just a force that he just sometimes shows up, right? And it's just some sort of, some, some sort of aerial you know, presence then you'll never develop a personal relationship with him because you, you have to realize that if he's a person, he has a personality. He hears, he has emotions, right? He can feel and he speaks, right? So he's a person. So when Jesus left this earth, he didn't promise a force. He promised a person who's going to walk with you and talk with you and be with you every step of the way. He is the person of the Holy Spirit. And last week I said this, that he's called alongside to help. The second thing that you need to know is he's called alongside to help you. The word itself, when, when Jesus was talking to his disciples, he said, I'm going to pray and, and I'm going to pray the Father. He's going to send another helper. That word helper just means one who's called alongside. So know this, you're never alone. You're never alone. You don't have to face anything alone. You don't have to be alone. You don't have to have the challenges that you have alone. You have the Holy Spirit to walk with you every step of the way. He is there to help you. When you don't know what to do, he helps us. He is our helper. It is vital that you understand who he is and why he matters today. And today might be the most important of all of the things that we talk about concerning the Holy Spirit. And what I want to talk to you today about is this. He speaks direction. The Holy Spirit speaks direction. We said that he has a voice, right? And, and he does, and he speaks direction. I want to talk to you about how the Holy Spirit speaks to us today. But I want to take you all the way back into the Old Testament. And you have to understand that the Holy Spirit was present in the Old Testament. The Holy Spirit was present in creation. Do you remember that it says in Genesis chapter 1 that the Holy Spirit was hovering upon the waters? That in Genesis 1.26, God said, let us make man in our own image, who was he talking to? He was talking to Jesus and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, they make up the Godhead. So the Holy Spirit was present and he was all throughout the Old Testament. So I want to look at 2 Kings chapter 6, one particular portion of scripture. And, and let me just give you a little bit of background. There were two, two particular nations that were at war and it was Syria and Israel. Now watch what happens in this particular account, maybe you've never heard this story told 
with the understanding of the Holy Spirit. But in chapter 6 of 2 Kings, verse number 8 says, Now the king of Syria was making war against Israel. And he consulted with his servants, saying, My camp will be in such and such a place. And the man of God sent to the king of Israel, saying, Beware that you do not pass this place, for the Syrians are coming down there. Then the king of Israel sent someone to the place which the man of God had told him. Thus he warned him, and he was watchful, not just once or twice. Therefore the heart of the king of Syria was greatly troubled by this thing. And he called his servants and said to them, Will you not show me which one of us is for the king of Israel? And one of his servants said, No, my lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet, who was in Israel, who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. This is an incredible story of two armies that are at war, and Syria was planning these ambushes, right? He's planning these ambushes. He said, okay, we're going to send an encampment to be down there so that when the Israelites pass by, we're going to wipe them out. We're going to catch them. It's going to be the element of surprise, only to find out that Israel saw it coming. Come on now. That Elisha began to warn the king of Israel, saying, hey, don't go by that way. Go a different route or make sure you understand that the Syrians are going to be there. They're going to be in this exact place at this exact time. And it was so frustrating because it happened over and over again that the king of Syria got his generals together and he says, which one of you is the traitor? Because somebody is tipping off the king of Israel that, that our army is going to be in this place at this time. It's no coincidence that this is happening. Somebody is selling us out, right? And then one of the servants speaks up and says, no, no, no. There's a prophet in Israel by the name of Elisha. And what you're saying in your private chambers to your generals that you think nobody else is hearing, somebody is hearing. Who is it? It's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is listening in, and then the Holy Spirit goes and tells Elisha exactly what the king of Syria had planned. And it happened over and over again. It was inside information. Inside information. Don't you hate it when somebody ruins a surprise? You've got this surprise plan and somebody just gives it away. Well, listen, the Holy Spirit has inside information. Huh? And guess what he wants to do? He wants to tell it to you. He wants to give you inside information. He wants to begin to talk to you about your future. He wants to begin to talk to you about what's next. He wants to tell you things that you will never find out any other way. Come on now, if you're in the book of John, you have, this is 2 Kings chapter 6. Let's go back, if you're holding the place in the book of John, and we looked at some of these scriptures before, but I want to look at them again. John chapter 16, Jesus is spending time with his disciples in John chapter 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17. He washes their feet. They have Passover together. They have communion together. And he's talking to them about when he leaves the earth. In John chapter 16, it says this in verse number 7, nevertheless, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, 
I'll send him to you. And I said last week, this is an amazing scripture because Jesus is actually telling his disciples that they're better off with the Holy Spirit than they are with him. That's exactly what it says. It is to your advantage that I go away. And what he really means is this. He says, listen, guys, I'm in bodily form here. I got two legs and two arms, and I, I, I'm restricted in, in the natural. I can only be at one place at one time. And, you know, Bartholomew, you're going to need to go spread the gospel. And Philip, you're going to need to go spread the gospel. And we need to get this gospel out to all the world. And I can't be everywhere at all times talking to you, encouraging you, being with you. And so when you're in Greece and another person's in Rome and another person's in Syria and all these places that we got to get the gospel to, I'm limited as to where I could go. But here, guess what? When I go, when I go back to be with God, I want you to know this. That I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's going to come. And listen, he can be at every place at all times. And so when you're in Greece, the Holy Spirit's in Greece. And when you're in Antioch, the Holy Spirit's in Antioch. And when you're in Rome, the Holy Spirit's with you in Rome. He's not limited by physical capacity. He could be anywhere at all times. Hallelujah. That's why it's to your advantage that I go away. Amen. It's to your advantage that I go away. Now watch what it says in verse number 12. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak, come on now, on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. Jesus said, I got a lot of things to say. There's more information you need. But right now is not the time for me to give you this information. But guess what? I'm going to pray the Father. He's going to send you a helper. And when he comes, he's going to speak. Look at these words I have for you. It's speak, declare, tell. In other words, the Holy Spirit has a voice and he wants to talk to you. He wants to give you the same kind of inside information he gave to Elisha. Why? So that you are not led by your senses. So that you are not hijacked and ambushed by the enemy so that you can see things coming and it's not in the natural. It's not because you're so smart or have such great wisdom or you could just see things afar off. It's because the Holy Spirit has downloaded private information to you that you could not get any other way and that is so valuable to you as a Christian and here's why. Wrong choices don't always look wrong. Come on now. In fact, sometimes wrong choices look really good. Come on, ladies. Sometimes wrong choices have a six-pack abs. Come on now. They smell good. They look good. But they are all wrong for you. Come on, men. You too. Huh? We'll move right along, but... (laughs) 
But you are bound by your senses. Whatever looks good, feels good, right? You're going, well, okay, well, this decision makes perfect sense in the natural. Yeah, but the Holy Spirit may tell you that's not the right choice to make. He may say, you need to wait. He may say no, or he may look at, you may look at a circumstance that looks absolutely wrong, and the Holy Spirit is saying, go for it. We cannot afford to be led by our natural senses. We have to have private, inside information that can only come from the Holy Spirit because not only do wrong choices not always look wrong, wrong voices don't always sound wrong. And you may get wise counsel that you think is wise counsel from trusted advisors that you consider to be wise or, or friends and they've got some knowledge in this particular area. But the most important voice to listen to is the voice of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And he still speaks. He still speaks. Yeah. And he wants to tell you, no, don't go that way. You go this way. No, no don't go that way. You go this way. Right. And it's the Holy Spirit's job to lead you and guide you because it says there in John chapter 16, he'll tell you things to come. Come on now. He'll tell you things to come. That means that you've got to know, hey, listen, I've got, I wake up in the morning, i got the Holy Spirit beside me. I don't know what I'm going to face today. I don't know what's going to happen in this next meeting, where I go to, whatever choices are, are laid upon me, whatever decisions are made that maybe I have no control over. I don't know what text message is coming my way, what email I'm going to get, but I know somebody who does. He knows what's next because the Bible says he'll tell you things to come. So I've got the Holy Spirit to help me, and here's how he helps me. He speaks. He speaks. And we've got to learn how to recognize his voice. And you say, well, Pastor, how do I recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit? Through observation, practice, repetition. Come on now. Went long before caller ID and phones and all these things that we had, you used to pick up a phone. For those of you in the room who don't remember this, or, or this is completely foreign to you, we used to have phones in houses that were attached to a, a cable, and the way you actually made a phone call is you'd lift this up and you'd put your finger, come on now, and you would turn it like this. Huh? I heard the story of a missionary friend of mine, he comes over from Africa, and he'd been in Africa for years and years and years, and he'd come over. And he went to the house of a friend of his, and the phone rang, and the man grabbed the phone, picked it up, didn't even answer it, looked at his wife, handed her the phone, and said, it's your brother David. And this missionary sitting there going, these people are moving in the gifts in ways that I have, <laughs> I have never seen before. It's called caller ID. Huh? But long before that, you used to pick up the phone and the voice on the other end would say, hey, it's me. And how do you know who it was? Because you've learned through time to recognize the voice. My wife doesn't call me and go, hey, Brian, it's Cynthia. I had no idea who this was. Huh? Now, you know, if it's my daughter, sometimes I have to figure it out because she sounds a lot like my wife and, and acts just like her as well. But, but anyway... 
But, but you have to learn how to recognize his voice. And it's through obedience and it's through faith and it's through opening up the word of God, let the word of God speak to you. And you just begin to tune in to the voice of the Holy Spirit because his voice matters. Because I don't want to go through life just randomly. I don't want to just be in charge of my own life and these major choices that I make. Because some of you are making major choices. Some of you are facing major family decisions. Come on now. You're facing decisions that, that you have to get it right. You can't afford to get this one wrong. You have to get it right. And if you're just going by what looks good, what sounds good, what the world is telling me, what, what my own kind of wisdom in my mind is telling me, listen, you are, you're not playing it right. You're, you're, you're walking on thin ice, and the reason is is because you're going by your own senses. This is why God gave us the Holy Spirit to talk to us and to give us inside information. Marv and I, we were, we were youth pastors up in North Florida, and there was this family there, and the husband was actually living in a rehab center nearby. And so this wife moves up with her three daughters to be with them, and the daughters were teenagers, and they were going to our youth group. And one day, this, this friend of one of the young girls had asked her to have a sleepover. And it turns out that that particular night that the girl ended up losing her virginity. I think she's about 16 years old. She lost her virginity to the friend's older brother. And we were kind of helping them walk through this situation. And we sat down with the mom and she said this, you know, the Holy Spirit told me not to let her go. But I didn't listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. You know, when I wake up in the morning, you know, you're looking at some choices you make and it doesn't matter what you have for breakfast, what you're going to wear that day. But then there are other choices that really matter. And I don't want to just go on some sort of information that I get from the world and what feels good, what looks good, what might seem good to me. I want to make sure that I have wisdom and information from the Holy Spirit for these major decisions that we have to make. Amen? I want to give you four ways the Holy Spirit speaks to us. Four ways the Holy Spirit speaks to us. How does he talk? How does he speak to us? The first way is through visions and dreams. He speaks to us through visions and dreams. And many times I'll be praying for people and I'll say to them, you know, I just see something. I see something. And the Holy Spirit would just give me kind of a vision. And some of you, this has happened to your life. You'll just get a vision of a certain place or a certain thing, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit just begins to, to, to bring information into your spirit. And all of a sudden it'll be like this vision. You just see it in the spirit. You literally see it, right? My pastor, Pastor Tom Peters, was, was walking this, this and back in the, in the, I think, early 80s or late 70s. He was walking his dog down the street, down Military Trail, and they were, the church was was in the corner of Military Trail and Hypoluxor Road, and he was walking by this piece of property that the church had purchased, and he saw a square building. He saw it. He just saw it. I mean, just an absolute vision in detail of a building that, that God had told him to build. To build. And, and then somebody came to him and said, Pastor, I, and didn't even ask, they paid a lot of money to build plans for a big round building. 
And pastor said, this isn't the building that God showed me. God showed me a different building. Huh? See, we have to go by what God says. We have to understand that God speaks, and God gives us visions and dreams. He gives us visions and dreams. Do you remember in, in Matthew, when Jesus was born, the Magi came and visited him, and they brought him the gifts. But, but remember, they saw the star, and then the star disappeared, so they go into Jerusalem, and they start asking, where is he who is born king of the Jews? And word gets back to Herod, and Herod sends off for these men, and they come before Herod, and Herod says to them, when you find him, let me know, for I want to come worship him too. Huh? Do you remember? Then they went and they found Jesus. They gave him the gold and the frankincense and myrrh. And then the Bible says this, and being warned of God in a dream, they didn't return to Herod. Ooh, come on now. One of them woke up and said, man, I don't know if it's bad hummus <laughs> or what, but I had a dream were not to go back to Herod. And then another one woke up and said, you know what, I had that same dream. And another one woke up and said, I had the exact same dream. Huh? That was the Holy Spirit telling them, don't go back to Herod. The guy's no good, he's a fraud, he's a fake, he's a liar. He's trying to kill Jesus. And that dream warned them not to go back to Herod. Listen, visions and dreams are important. The second way he speaks to us is through an inner voice. In fact, I find this to be perhaps the most common way that God speaks to us. It's just through this inner voice, this inner witness all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit will just download information. Some people call it an inner witness. Some people call it an inner voice. Some people call it a still, small voice. Some people call it an impression, right? Where the Holy Spirit will just say, hey, hey, don't do that. Do this. And you'll go, well, why? It's nothing that you heard audibly. It's not this voice that came in the natural. It's, it's a voice that just comes right here, and you learn how to recognize it. The Holy Spirit begins to speak to you. I have a friend who's a minister, and he was preaching on the Holy Spirit, and he began to tell the story that as a kid, he had hidden something from his parents up in the attic in a trunk that they had not been to, seen back in the back part of the attic. It was, this trunk was buried under all sorts of stuff. And so he hid something from his parents up there, and he gets home from school one day, and his dad said, son, can I talk to you? He says, sure, Dad. And he walks him into the garage. And he says, what's this? And boy, his heart just dropped. And he said, how did you find that? He said, well, I was in the garage, and the Holy Spirit just said, you know, you ought to go up in that attic. Ooh, come on now. Huh? You ought to go up in the attic. And he gets up in the attic, and he says, what am I doing up here? And the Holy Spirit says, you know, you ought to go over to that trunk. Huh? And he walked over to the trunk, and everything that that guy was trying to hide from his parents was right there in that trunk. Don't you know he never lied to those parents again? He never tried to... Listen, when mom and dad hear from the Holy Spirit, it changes everything. You see what I'm saying? It changes everything. That's why as a parent, you have to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit concerning your kids' friends, relationships, shows, TV, the world, everything that's going on. Listen, it's not so difficult in the natural, but sometimes friends, 
huh? Well-meaning people are sent from the enemy to try to distract and destroy your family. And you've got to cut off some relationships and you don't have to give a bunch of excuses. You just say, hey, I felt like the Holy Spirit said, hey, this person's not to be in your life and that's it, right? It's this still small voice that the Holy Spirit will give you. He'll begin to speak to you and kind of talk to you about where to go and what to do. And I find it to be, for me, the most common way that the Holy Spirit speaks. That you just go along and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit will stop and he'll just say, do this and don't do this. Go here and don't go there. And he begins to make an impression upon our spirit. And then the third way he speaks to us is he speaks to us by illuminating God's word. He illuminates the word of God to us. That you could read a scripture that you've read hundreds upon hundreds. Come on, somebody. You've read it hundreds, hundreds of times. And you read it one more time. You read it just fresh and anew today, and all of a sudden you see something, it's as if you have never seen it before. What happened? The Holy Spirit illuminated something to you. When I was in Bible school, one of my Bible school professors, she gave us this example. She took the Word of God, and just like I have this Bible right here, I can read everything in it. Sometimes i got to push it now a little further away, a little further away, and, but I can read it, I can see it, the light's on it, I, I can read every word, but do you know if I had a flashlight here, here's what would happen, it's as if the highlighting of that word through the light would make it that much more clear, and here's what the Holy Spirit wants to do, he wants you to take your private time with God where you read the word of God and you go, okay, Holy Spirit, I'm about to read the word of God. And for me, this is a living book. And it has the power to transform and change. It has the power to give me information that I cannot get any other way. Now, would you illuminate the word of God to me? And here's what he does. When you're reading, it's as if he turns on a flashlight. And you'll see words that you've never seen before. You'll see phrases. All that phrase will jump out suddenly. It'll be whole sections, whole stories. And all of a sudden, you'll see it in a whole new light. And you'll go, thank you, Holy Spirit. That's just the encouragement I needed today. That's just the direction I needed today. That's just the hope that I needed today. I'm reading a verse as if I'm reading it for the very first time. Hallelujah. He illuminates the word of God to us. And then the fourth way he speaks to us is he speaks to us through the gifts of the Spirit. He speaks to us through the gifts of the Spirit. And let me tell you, this is a powerful way that God speaks to us. In Acts chapter 13, I love this particular story. Acts chapter 13, there are some prophets that have gathered in Antioch. And the church is beginning to form and the church is moving in power and signs and wonders and miracles. And they still, though, they, they still need direction. This whole thing's still new to them. So they're still trying to figure some things out. So it says this in Acts chapter 13, verse number 1, it says, Now there were in the church in Antioch certain prophets and teachers. And then the Bible begins to name them begins to tell you about these prophets and there were prophets there and, and then we find out later there were prophetesses as well and these men and women of God would speak the word of God through the gifts of the spirit whether it's a word of knowledge or, or you know just some sort of a prophecy, a prophetic word tongues, interpretation of tongues and, and all these gifts of the spirit were in operation and the Bible says this and as they ministered to the Lord 
They fasted, they were worshiping, they were praying. Here's what it says. The Holy Spirit said, separate unto me Barnabas and Saul for the work unto where I've called them. Isn't that amazing? Here's how I believe it happened. I believe they were in a room and they were gathered there and I don't know how many were there, but they're all in this room and they're worshiping God and they've been fasting and they've been praying and they're believing for the next step. Come on now, who's believing for the next step in your life? And they're believing for the next step and they need some wisdom. And, and so they're like, okay, we, we need to pray. We need to fast. And all of a sudden, this person just stands up and says, here's what I hear the Holy Spirit saying. Separate unto me Barnabas and Saul for the work unto where I've called them. And Barnabas and Saul said, praise the Lord, that's us, guys. Let's continue to fast and pray and believe God. And they fasted some more and prayed. And then they laid hands on Barnabas and Saul. And they were sent by God through a word from the Holy Spirit. Woo! Don't you know that those words change everything? They change everything. You say, well, pastor, why is that so important? Let me tell you a story. One day after church here, a few years ago, I got a call from a man who moves in the gifts of the Spirit. And, and he said, Pastor, I was praying this morning. I didn't get a chance to tell you at church. But I was praying this morning. And I felt the Holy Spirit tell me that there's a couple in our church that's trying to have a baby and they've been having trouble. And I wanted to call you because I think you know who they are. And you need to tell them that they need to have faith that God is going to give them a baby. And when he said that to me, I knew exactly who he was talking about. The Holy Spirit downloaded that couple's name in my spirit. And I immediately called them. I said to the man, I said, I know exactly who you're talking about. And then I hung up the phone and I called the husband and I said, is your wife with you? He said, yeah. I said, put me on speakerphone. He said, I, I said, I just hung up with a man from the church who had a prophetic word that there's a couple in our church that's had trouble having a baby. And, and I believe it's you two. And I, wanna, I want you to hear the word of God. God is going to give you a baby. And you're not to be fearful. You're not to stress out. You're not to have anxiety or worry. This baby is going to be a gift from God, and you're going to carry that baby full term. And she said to me, nobody knows this. But I just found out today that I'm pregnant. Come on now, today. Now you say, well, Pastor, why is that so important? Because all the stress and the worry and that anxiety that she would have carried those first few months of pregnancy, she was able to let it all go because she heard God's voice. The Holy Spirit spoke through a prophetic word that she was going to give birth to this child. And listen, she gave birth to that child and then another child, perfectly healthy baby boys. And all the glory goes to God because the Holy Spirit still speaks today. Somebody say amen. He still speaks. Listen, those words are life-changing. Do you know how we got this building? We got this building through a prophetic word. We started the church through, through a, a still small voice. God had spoken to me that I was one day going to pastor a church called Trinity. I was living up, living up in North Florida, pastoring a church called Manatee Springs Assembly of God. 
And God downloaded Trinity's name in my spirit. We started this church, and at first we were called Trinity West, and then years ago we changed the name to Grace Chapel. But we were renting a building in Wellington, and I felt like God said we're to, we're to believe God for a building, right? And I had a prophet that many of you know, and he's been with me many times. His name's uh, Dale Gentry, and he's a great friend of mine. And, and he stood up on our church while we were renting a building, and he said, God is going to give this church a piece of property on a major thoroughfare in Palm Beach County. And I knew it was God because who uses the word thoroughfare? <laughs> Street, road, boulevard. Nobody says thoroughfare, all right? So, so I held on to that. Now, it didn't come to pass the next month or the next month or the next month, but we kept praying and believing that God was going to give us a piece of property on a major road. So then somebody came to me. In fact, I think actually a couple years had passed. Somebody came to me and said, Pastor, there's a church on Southern Boulevard. It's got a for sale sign in front of it. Ooh, come on now. I said, that's it. That's the church. Huh? And we went over here, and they wanted $3.4 million. And I said, man, I don't have $3.4 million. I was short by about $3.4 million. You know what I'm saying? Like, I... We got a long way to go here. And then we began to get, believe God. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. I didn't know how to announce it. I didn't know how to announce it. I was going to say, well, this is, this, is a, this is a good idea, and this might work. Huh? Or, or, or I was going to say, you know, God may come through. This may be the property that God has for us. But you know, you can't rally people in faith on a maybe. Did you hear me now? And, and I had to have that word for faith to build in my heart. That's how important that prophetic word was. I had to know that I know that I know that God was going to give us this property and that prophetic word let faith rise up in my heart so that I was able to stand there and say, hey, listen, I know we don't have 3.4 million, but I know this, God is going to give us that property. I don't know how he's going to do it. I just trust that he's going to do it. Hallelujah. And so I just stood up and said, God's going to give us this property. Come on now. And then I'd go talk to God and say, God, if you don't, just show me what church you want me to pastor next because I'm resigning. I'm done, you know. And there was a faith battle that took place. And, and let me tell you, there were days when it looked like it wasn't going to happen. And there was challenges and, and we didn't know for sure. And all these obstacles were coming to pass. But every time I was challenged and every time I wanted to quit and every time I wanted to give up and every time I thought it wasn't going to happen, I remembered that prophetic word that that man spoke from this pulpit that God was going to give us a property. I knew that this was that property and that word let faith rise up in my heart. Whoo, hallelujah. God still speaks. The Holy Spirit still downloads information. And if you're here as a Christian, I want you to know how vital this is for you to know that you don't have to just go through life, just que sera, sera, whatever will be, will be, just some feather floating in the wind. You can hear directly from the Holy Spirit and you can face the choices that you're facing with confidence that you have heard from the Holy Spirit. Amen? I want to end with this particular scripture. In Acts chapter 1, 
In Acts chapter 1, the disciples had gathered, right? The disciples had gathered. Now watch this. Do you remember that there were 12 disciples, but now Judas had betrayed Jesus and actually went out and committed suicide. So there was only 11 disciples. So they got together in Acts chapter number 1 at the end of the chapter, and they said, hey, we need another we need another guy here to fill Judas's spot. So they nominated several names. Here's what it says in Acts chapter 1. It says they got together, they had some names come forward, and here's what it says, and they cast lots, and the lot fell to Matthias. Now, casting lots is interesting because all through the Old Testament, even through Jesus' days, they would cast lots. Now, Proverbs tells us this, that the lot is cast into the lap, but its direction is from the Lord. So they would cast lots, and it's kind of like, okay, we're going to pick straws, but they really believe, they really believe that the decision came from God. Now, watch this. So they cast lots. And when they cast these lots, the lot fell to Matthias, and Matthias was added as one of the disciples. That's in Acts chapter 1. Now, you remember they cast lots for Jesus' clothes. They cast lots for decisions that they made. Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit falls, and they never cast lots again. Throughout the rest of the scripture, you'll never see anywhere in the Bible where they ever cast lots again. From here on out, the Holy Spirit spoke, spoke. I'm going to ask Pastor Mark to come, and in a few moments, we're going to take communion. But before we do, i got to tell you, church, this is so vital and so important. Because sometimes it's easy, even as a Christian, to make choices based on what we see. And it's almost like as if we're casting lots. I don't know if this is going to work. I guess I'll just back up and punt. You know what I'm saying? I guess we'll just go with it. I guess I'll just get married. I guess I'll just start a relationship. I guess I'll just start a business. I guess I'll just sell my house. I guess I'll just move. I guess I'll just make these major decisions, and I hope it works out. And it's almost like we're casting lots, right? But that's not how God intended us to live. Since Acts chapter 2, he gave us the Holy Spirit, and it says this, he will lead you, he will guide you, he will tell you things to come. You don't have to roll the dice, you don't have to cast lots. Listen, you can know that you know that you know that you have heard from the Holy Spirit that he is leading and guiding you, and the choice that you're making, listen, it may look all wrong in the natural, but you can take that leap of faith. Why? Because you've heard from the Holy Spirit. Amen? And so I want you to know this. It's vital that you listen to his voice. As a Christian, for every major decision you'll ever make, in fact, for many of the minor ones you'll make, God didn't abandon us. He never just said, oh, whatever. You know, I hope they get it right. He said, I'm going to give you somebody. I'm going to give you somebody. And he's going to walk with you, and he's going to talk with you, and he's going to be that person in fact, it's actually more advantageous for you to have him than even for you to have me. It's an amazing statement. Would you do this, church? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment? Now, maybe you're here today and you're not facing any major decisions. 
Maybe you're here today and, and it seems to be smooth sailing. The truth is, is that you never know what decision is coming your way. But I want you to hear me. It is so important for you to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 2, it was like the Holy Spirit said from here on out. The Holy Spirit spoke from here on out. The Holy Spirit gave direction from here on out. The Holy Spirit led me and guided me. And so every decision that you make, you have to have peace from God. And you have to know that the Holy Spirit's spoken. Otherwise, don't make that decision right now until you know you've heard from God. You say, well, Pastor, I have to make it. No, you don't. I would never make any major decision unless I know I've heard from God. I don't care what the natural is telling me. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what other voices are saying. Hey, get wise counsel. There's nothing wrong with that. I believe in counseling. We do counseling. There's nothing wrong with that. But at the end of the day, the Holy Spirit's voice is more important than any other voice. Amen. Can I pray for you today? Thank you.